Hello, hello. You are tuned in to a brand spanking new episode of Tide Pod. And today we are joined by what I will lovingly refer to as an OG in the online space. I'm super, super excited because we are joined by Rick Mulready. And if you have not been introduced to him yet, let me give you the lowdown real quick. He is a husband, a father, a business coach, and the podcast host of The Art of Online Business. If you haven't heard of it, I highly encourage you also pop on over there and hit subscribe because he's been putting out incredible content for years. I'm telling you, very, very bingeable. Uh, he helps course creators and coaches optimize their online business with more profit, more impact, and less hustle. And that is something that I feel like many of us are very much trying to sign up for these days. That hustle culture thing, we're like, mm, no, thank you. I have other desires, other interests. I want to also have a life and my business is not my life as important as it is to me, right? So per usual, I think you would do yourself an injustice if you did not grab your fresh notebook, get settled because I'm sure Rick is going to be dropping all the gems for y'all today. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, Team Dynamics Consultant and Trained Industrial Organizational Psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TyPod. What if finding your next dream hire suddenly became easy? Dare I say it, it is 110% possible. Enter my baby, Dream Hire Bootcamp. Dream Hire Bootcamp is your advanced hiring method to help you choose the right person for the right job even if you've been burned by a bad hire before. This program was designed because you deserve to hire someone who gets it, you and your business. Your company has officially outgrown your days of winging it, of showing up to those interviews without interview questions prepared, of not following a systematic, tried-and-true, research-backed process. No, 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 no. Now is the time to utilize a strategic hiring method and build your dream team once and for all. All you have to do is go to tianatai.com slash DHB and you can get started today. Rick, thank you so much for being here. That's quite the introduction. I've, I don't think I've been called the OG. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird for me to think about, though, because it has been eight years. Mm -hmm. As I look at the date, it's, it's early February, and last month was eight years. And I've been podcasting now for since 2013. Wow. Yeah. But I, so that I, that was my first show. My first, I had a used to have a podcast called Inside Social Media. I did fifty three episodes. I remember distinctly. And before I started the Art of Paid Traffic, which became my existing show, the Art of Online Business. So, yeah, I've been doing this a long time, but I have, I don't feel like an OG. But it's you, I don't know. 
Can you tell I'm like processing that right now? As I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, someone like me, like if those, for those of you who don't know, literally go look up his show, the art, the art of online business right now. There's what Rick, like 300 and my, I don't know, hundreds oh, of no. episodes. Oh no. Five? Yeah, I just <laughs> recorded yesterday episode 581. Rick. And yeah. you're surprised I called you an OG. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, know, I know. And what's really blowing my mind is that we're going to hit um, 9 million downloads on the podcast with, I would say by the middle of 2022, like that's blowing my mind. Like that's oh, huge. It's super cool. But thank you. I'm honored to be here. Um, I always love chatting with you. So yeah, I've been doing this a long time. Um, used to be known as quote unquote, the Facebook ads guy. Uh, that's how I sort that's how I started out back in 2014, came from the corporate world, spent 12 and a half years doing, um, online marketing, online advertising, uh, selling online advertising for the majority of that for about six and a half, seven years of that. And, uh, then I was like, wait, I want to go do my own thing. Cause I hate, um, my livelihood being tied to what other people decide to do. And so I wanted to take more control of that. And just like most people, I'm like, wait, I want to work when I want to work and I want to do my own thing. And uh, that was, uh, excuse me, September 30th, 2012. Not that I remember the exact date that I left the corporate world. And then I fumbled around for 15 months. I had no idea what I was doing. And luckily I had savings. Um, but then things really started to take off in January, 2014, where I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to sell. I'm going to do webinars. This is back when you could run Facebook ads and get like, you know, $2 leads for a webinar. And things really took off from there. We started, um, yeah, we were able to do six figures in the first year. We quadrupled that, then doubled it. We're able to hit seven figures in the first four years, which I'm super grateful for. But I know that we're going to talk about this, but like what that did to me, both emotionally, mentally, physically on my journey to do the seven figures, because everyone, you know, still today, it's very prevalent. Like you've made it quote unquote, when you hit seven figures and it's like, okay, <laughs> it's not true. Right. Um, but anyway, I decided to make a lot of changes after that. And it took me a few years after that, honestly, a couple of years after that to really kind of gain my footing, if you will, after all of that happened. And what I do now, it's kind of come full circle. And the reason why I want to expand beyond Facebook ads a few years ago is because number one, I can teach Facebook ads to anybody, even, even now after post iOS privacy stuff. It's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. It's so many people are coming to me with with ads questions. They're like, wait, my ads aren't working. They're costing me too much. I'm not building my email list. I'm not turning them into customers, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't an ads problem. It was a foundational marketing problem. It was, wait, you don't understand your target audience. Wait, you don't understand what their problems are, their challenges are. And thus, how can you communicate with them? How can you hone your messaging and speak to solving their problems? And so that's when it decided to branch out beyond just ads and teach more about, I love talking mindset, um, systems and processes, and then like, you know, funnels and numbers and data is like my love language. Like I love it. Um, 
And so that's where it really started to expand out. And so now in my business, I have one offer. Uh, it's my accelerator coaching program. And we serve um, many people like you that listen to the show right now. Um, well, I, I like to call them like established online course creators, coaches. And we also serve um, teacher entrepreneurs, like people who serve other teachers. Um, and by established, they're already doing like eight to 10K per month in revenue from their online business. But now they're looking to scale. But yet, you know, they're doing all the things, a lot of things that you talk about, Tiana, like uh, team. They have no idea where to get, where to get started with team. Um, they're doing all the things. They're overwhelmed. They don't know what next step to take, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we do. I love having one offer. This is something that I shifted in 2021. And 2021, after you know seven years at that point, was the best year that we've ever had from a revenue, profit, um, impact, less hustle, which is all the three pillars that we help people with an accelerator. And so, yeah. But along the journey, which I'm sure we're going to talk about today, <laughs> there's been lots of things that have gone on. <laughs> yes. Now, you know, I was going to say, I am very excited to hear about that shift that happened in 2021 and kind of where the company is, what the team that supports all of this looks like behind the scenes. But before yeah. we get there, we're going to take it all the way back, right? Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the Rick who scaled from multiple six figures and then made that leap into the seven figure mark. The Rick who was told, now you've made it, everything's perfect. And you yeah. were like, no, the heck it isn't. So before we dig into where you were personally and like your leadership journey and all that, can you just describe what the business was, what the business model was, like a little bit about the services and offerings so that we have a jumping off? Totally. Yeah. So in that first year in 2014, I sold one program. It was called FB Advantage, and it was a Facebook ads course for online businesses. It was basically like how to automate leads and sales. Um, that was it. I started it out at 497, and then I offered a quote unquote VIP level at 997. I had some group coaching, and that was what I sold for the majority of that first year. Uh, towards the end of that year, because I started in January, so I had the full year. Um, like, like so often happens, somebody said, "Wait, you should you should teach local businesses," and I'm like, "Sure, why not? That sounds cool. That means more money, right?" And so I started to create a, a local business version of my course. Um, we ended up doing six figures that first year. That was great. I had you know, VA, quote unquote, uh, I say quote unquote, because I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. It was more of like, I wanted to say that I had a VA. I was like, I wanted to say I had a team. <laughs> and, uh, but she was, she was with me for a couple of years. She was great because she, um, I forget what she was doing. I found her on Upwork or back then it was, what was it called? Uh, Elance. Found her on Elance and she was doing something else. And I had her do something else. And she was in, I forget where she was. She was overseas somewhere. I forget where she was. And I was like, wait, have you ever done VA work? Because I love working with you and you're really, really good with attention to detail and so forth. So anyway, it was pretty much she and I for a while. So that second year, yeah, it was the original course for online businesses. Um the local business course. And then somebody said, well, wait, why don't you do like 
a less expensive version of that on of the online expert course. So I had like, I think it was like $197. Um, and I'm totally blanking what I used to call that. But anyway, that was on Evergreen. Like that was my Evergreen funnel. And then, and again, we quadrupled revenue the second year, which was great. It was like huge growth. Now that was amazing, but also I got used to that. That became an expectation. Like, all right, keep growing. This is, you know, you can be doing this. Also, it did prove to me that I could do it. But again, I, at that point, I was just like, I just want to make money. That's, that's all it was. And nothing wrong with that. But again, as I later learned, there's so much more to it, right? And then in year three, just like happened in year, year two, someone's like, hey, wait, why don't you serve Facebook ad managers? Why don't you create a program for them? Because that's a huge need. Sure, why not? So I created my ad manager course. So, and then like that sold, re that was very, very successful. Um, and we probably did, by the time I shut that program down, we had done probably three quarters of a million dollars in sales with that program. But again, wasn't bringing me joy, which we'll talk about. So by that point, by the end of year three, going into year four, um, I had my my original program, my local business program, my inexpensive ads course, and the ad manager course. Year four, I'm deciding, oh, sure. At this point, oh, I apologize. In year two, going into three, I decided to do a coaching program. So it was my first iteration of, I will say this on OG. I was one of the OG people with the name Accelerator for a coaching program. Now everybody has it. And I would change it if I could, if I, if I, I mean, I could change it, but if it didn't have like brand recognition right now for me, I would change it because everybody has accelerator. But anyway, I decided to do, I'm like, hey, let's test out this group coaching because people want more hands-on Facebook ads help. And so I started doing like in-person workshops and they started to build and I was like, okay, let's start, let's test out a three month program. And I think I had like 10 people um, right off the bat. And then I was like, wait, this is pretty cool, but three months isn't enough. And so then I went to six months and I was like, wait, six months is still okay. And then it was just kind of back and forth, but we'll come back to that. Before I knew it, in four years, I had four, cor four courses, a membership, and this coaching program. And I'll never forget, I was in a mastermind and I was standing up in front of the room in New York and for my hot seat. And I said, I need simplicity. I'm like, I am trying to speak to three different, three different audiences in my business with three different offers from a course perspective, but then all these other things. And I was miserable. And that was the year I did hit seven figures. And I'm not trying to minimize that at all, but like I hit it. And then shortly after that, I was like, now what? Like that's, that was kind of the feeling. And that sounds kind of like, oh, really, you know, like really Rick, but that was the, that was the truth. But getting there, my mental health really suffered. I had a huge breakdown two and a half years in where, I mean, we could talk about this for a whole episode, but like I was, I got very dark. We'll just leave it at that. Like I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I'm not, this is not 
I didn't realize at that point where asking myself, why am I even doing this? If this is the result of doing this, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't happy at all. I was working all the time. So my own emotional and mental health suffered. My physical health suffered. My relationship suffered um, with my, with my, with my wife, Amy. And then after hitting that, I decided to, okay, let's start to cut down. I got rid of the membership. Um, I got rid of the local business program because I wasn't really enjoying that. Got rid of the uh, lower level program. And so then I just had the membership, or excuse me, the, um, the ad manager course and the coaching program and then the original program. But I shifted the original program because I was like, it needs to update things. I kind of gave it a facelift, if you will. And it just started evolving. And I started to cut things out of the business. And during this time, speaking to team, I was like, I want a big team. I want an office that we go into and all this other stuff. And all that changed three years ago when my daughter was born. I was like, I don't want any of that. And I did. I had a bigger. I had a bigger team. Had an office that we went into, and it was an amazing office. It was like this two-story loft here in San Diego that was literally on top of a Starbucks, like sitting on top of a Starbucks. Great location. Anyway, I was like, "There's no, there's no need for this." And so I just basically started whittling down the business after my daughter was born, and. It really wasn't until last year where I got down to, okay, I have my, at the time I had, it was called my foundations ads course. So Facebook ads for online businesses, but then I had my high ticket coaching program, which is accelerator in the iteration that it was, meaning it's very different now. What I was finding was I was like, wait, I'm serving two completely different audiences over here. One's a very beginner audience with the course, which I think was like $600 or $500, I forget. And then I have my high ticket coaching program. And so I was like, there's no bridge between the two. And people who go through the course don't end up in, you know, it was just too, it just felt too separate. It just felt way, way different. And so what I decided to do was, all right, let's get rid of foundations as a standalone offer and wrap it up into let's create a new program that I called Offer to Optimized. And it was going to be a, it was a, um, a course, but also a group coaching program. So it was 12 months and it was very hands-on. Um, they got a call with me per month. And then my, I had coaches that were part of it too. And so it was unlike any program that, was, that I knew of out there. And it did really, really well. But again, going back to simplifying, it was the more beginner audience over here and Accelerator was the more advanced audience. What I looked at last year was where am I happier in serving? It was the more advanced. Where am I, where's the revenue and where's the profit? Accelerator. So I made the decision last year to like, okay, I'm going to sunset offer to optimize and just focus on accelerator. And it was, it was scary as hell because I was like, Ooh, who sells in just one high ticket? Who, do, who just sells high ticket? And I said that to somebody, they were like, 
they started listing out like five people. I'm like, okay, your point is to, I get it. <laughs> and I'm having the most fun I've had in the business. I love serving, um, you know, the course creators and coaches and so forth at this level. And I, th- I really think that we've created something that is, I know it sounds like all, you know, salesy or whatever, but it's like, I don't know of another program that has as much access to not only myself, but our coaches and it just, you know, people love it and it's just so much fun to do. So. Wow. I love to hear that. And uh, people are going to laugh because I'm literally like coming up with the title of this episode as you talk, because I'm like, wow, the, art, that too. <laughs> the art of simplification with Rick Mulready. <laughs> And that was literally running through my mind, but I love to kind of hear about this journey of you calling and really streamlining things based on, of course, like what's serving the clients, what's driving revenue, but also what just feels good to you as a human being that has to do the damn work and operate in the world. (laughs) Yeah. We often think that, you know, more offers equals bigger business, more revenue. Where And I thought that too, right? But I got to a point where I had, like I said, I had four courses, a membership and a coaching program. And I was like all over the place. And it was super frustrating where, okay, I'm doing one podcast episode that I'm talking to ad managers. And another one over here, I'm talking to, you know, earlier business owners. Another one, I'm, I'm talking more advanced. Like it was all over the place and it was exhausting. And I realized really quickly that, and I tell this with my accelerators all the time, is like simplicity scales. So get your flagship offer down, like get that selling. And you can go half million to a million dollars with just one flagship offer before you go adding in. You know, what I always hear is like, well, I want to add in a membership, right? It's like, okay, why do you want to add in a membership? Not against it, but like, we want to have a why behind everything. And it took me a long time to get to the point where it's like, you know what, let's simplify this as much as possible, where we are able to help as many people as possible, create the kind of impact that we want for them, and they can create the impact that they're trying to have, um, while obviously making really good money and high profit margin. Oh, and it's a beautiful thing when we can achieve all of those at the same time. Yeah. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TidePod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. You've talked a lot about the offers and the services that your company provides, but can you give some context like the company three years ago, when we were just Mm. now starting to pull back some of those offers, you alluded to the fact that it was supported by a much bigger team. We had the office space, like the whole picture perfect situation that everybody thinks that they want. What yeah. was the journey of simplifying over on the internal side? Like, cause we talked about external, what did that look like internally? Yeah. I'm like smiling right now because <laughs> that's a whole other ball game. So yeah, I mean, I, 
you know, up until recently, I say recently in the past, say two years, I did not feel like I was a good leader, a good CEO of the business at all. I made all the mistakes. Um, you know, I hired the wrong people. I made, I hired too quickly. I hired the right people and didn't train them and onboard them correctly. And then, you know, basically wasted that opportunity. I've done all those things. And um, I've definitely learned my lessons. You know, there's been things where I've had situations in the past few years that like I legally can't talk about because of the situation. And I don't mean that to like brag. I just mean like that was terrible. And I learned huge lessons from there. And um just so much of it um has helped me obviously in my own journey as a CEO, but also in how I'm able to coach and help people. Um, but yeah, I had a larger team. I had, um, you know, and I had, and I, I'm a very, for a lot of years, I was very indecisive. So I'd make snap decisions like, oh, let's hire somebody to do this, or let's get somebody to do this. And again, it wasn't really thought through, um, like long-term. So yeah. So I, during this time that you mentioned there, Tiana, I was like, all right, I had an integrator that um, I didn't do a good job early on really honing that position. Um, and then ultimately long-term, because I didn't do a good job early on, that wasn't a good situation. Um, I had another assistant who uh, was with me for a couple of years who was great, but also, again, I didn't do a very good job of like holding accountable and all this other stuff. Um, and then I forget at this, at this point I had, you know, marketing people. Um, and I've always had a lot of contractors as well. And I still do, um, to do different things, whether it's ads, whether it's copywriting or the podcast or what have you. Um, I think the biggest learning that I've had through that part of the journey is being super clear on what this role is and what it's not and making this sounds so basic, right? But making sure that it's communicated to that person. So just as an example, we're hiring an executive assistant as we as we're recording this, we're the we have like four projects out right now sort of like the four finalists. And um my number two person in the business, she's handling all that. Um, but we've been very, very, very intentional with this process because of everything we've learned over the years, right? Um, and so, yeah, here's the other big thing too. And I know this gets talked about a lot, um, but I feel like it needs to be talked about more, honestly, with with true context is like the team that helps you get to 100,000 is not the team that's necessarily, that's gonna help you get to like a half million or a million. Like the skill set to get to these different levels in revenue and the business growth is, it just takes a different skill set. And some of those people will carry through and others, like they've sort of taken you as far as their skill set allows, unless you see that person being a long-term part of the business and that you invest in up-leveling them. And I experienced that a lot, but I realized that I didn't, I wasn't 
I didn't want to, to invest my time and energy into up-leveling them. Like I realized like, okay, we've run the course. We're going to keep moving forward. Ooh, I'm so excited that you brought that nuance up. I heard um, a colleague of mine was talking about something along the same lines the other day where she was expressing the fact that uh, one of her colleagues essentially is more like, I would rather take someone who's at the very beginning of their career, they're hungry, they're ready to learn, and I will invest my time, my energy, my dollars, literally to get them whatever certifications, whatever training, whatever mentorship they need so that they will be with me for years and mm-hmm. years and years. But on the flip side, and she she had a point, it's, it's, it's a choice because she was yeah. like, I'm not at a stage where I want to do that. Like, I want to bring in an expert who's going to like it here for a little while. And then honestly, either I'm going to outgrow them or they may just outgrow me and what I'm able to invest in them, even from a financial perspective. And I'm going to let them go and then I'm going to have to do it again. And so that I love that nuance because that's just a thought process and a conversation that many of us don't have until we get there and until we experience it. But that's very real. And that's it. Your friend's example there is a perfect example of so many people get hung up on, well, do I hire for skill and experience or do I hire for, you know, personality, like the intangibles? And that was something that, again, I learned the hard way, hard way where early on I was hiring for skill set. Like, have you done this before? Rather than I want to hire for the intangibles and I can teach you, you know, whatever system I can teach you click up or whatever, you know, just as an example, that is really key because you've got to align. Number one, you have to align with our values hands down. And, um, you know, just as an example there, we've done a lot of work over, um, the last year, you know, Erica Corday, um, you and I talked about that. So anyway, we've like, we've completely realigned our values and so forth. So everything in the business goes through our values. And so when we're looking at hiring somebody, I can't teach integrity, right? I can't teach, you know, it's et cetera, et cetera. You either have it or you don't. I can teach you the other things, but if you don't have, you know, if I don't enjoy being around you after the values, right? If I don't enjoy your personality, if we just don't mesh, those are things I can't teach. I can teach you the other stuff. And so once I wrap my head around that and being, again, though, that is most people don't want to do that because they don't want to train. They don't want to take the time and invest. Um, invest meaning like time, energy, money, et cetera. That is a big, as you, as you said it so, so well, it's a big choice to, to make that decision. And that is something that's really helped us in the latter part years of the business so far is we're hiring on the intangibles, um, especially with something like, you know, the executive assistant role that we're hiring for, uh, thank you, by the way, for sending somebody over to oh, us. Yeah. Um, that person is doing is one of the finalists. Um, and so that you know, perfect example is we are hiring for the intangibles. I can teach somebody, oh, we use Riverside to record our podcast and this is what the process is or whatever it is. Um, that's been a huge, um, I, I don't want to use the game changer because it's so cliched, but that, that was a, that's been a big aha that early on, I knew that I was taught that, but I resisted it for so long. And then I was like, ah, okay, yeah, this is, this is where it's at. Oh, for sure. And I think it's uh, this recognition, because I'll keep it 100 with y'all, you're going to spend the time now doing it, 
or you're going to spend the time later because there's going to be so much turnover and a lack of retention in your team that you're going to have to continue to hire and replace these people and replace these people, so on and so forth. So I get it. It is a decision to make, like make the decision that's right for you. But long term, if you spend the time now, it really does pay off later on. But just go into it with your eyes open either which way. Yeah. And go into it knowing that you're going to mess up. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> like I, you know, as far as like an integrator, for example, where I didn't have a great experience before, I have been a little bit, you know, like, ooh, do I really want that again? And this is something I see with our with our accelerator members all the time is where they've been, quote unquote, burned by you know, whatever role or like they've hired and they put all this effort in and it didn't work out for whatever reason. And so they're shy about, they're like, Ooh, I don't want to go through that again. So they're, so they continue suffering, right? They continue doing all the things and I totally get it. But when you know, going into it, you're going to make mistakes. It's okay. And making mistakes just means that you're moving forward, right? That you're learning, but that's the key is you have to be learning from each experience. Like I had ones coming to my mind where unfortunately I had two people, different levels. One was a beginner. One was, was the highest uh, level of person that I'd, I'd ever hired within the past say two and a half years. The first one was a junior person and they lasted 17 days, I think it was. And so what I learned from that was communication from, from on my part, setting expectations, but also in the hiring process. We didn't do a good enough job in the hiring process. And so unfortunately that it didn't, I was just like, wait, too many red flags here in two weeks. All right, we're done. Um, and the other person, the big lesson there was this person came as a strong recommendation from, from a friend, a trusted friend of mine. And I got all excited because I had this role I wanted to fill, a marketing role. And I did the first interview with that person. And I made the decision to hire too quickly because I was all excited about it without them meeting the rest of my team. That big mistake. That person did not last but like three weeks either because... When they started, my team was like, wait a minute. Like the team knew before I did. The team's like, this is not a good fit for the business. And so the lesson there was follow our protocols for hiring, where I don't see, I don't talk to anybody until, you know, until the finalists are down. So, like right now for the EA position that we're hiring, four finalists, they're doing, you know, test projects, if you will. Gretchen on my team is, handling all that. And then she'll present to me, quote unquote, like two or three of those people. It's like, okay, now interview them. So follow the process. Those are I mean, just, as long as you're learning along the way, you're going to make mistakes. You'll get better each time. Ooh, Rick just hit y'all with some real tangible <laughs> advice. If you need to rewind, like it's fine with us, just make sure you write <laughs> that down because that was spot on perfection. So Keeping in theme with the lessons as we kind of start to wrap up on our time today, I'd love to hear from you. 
maybe just one more lesson or experience or whatever it is that you feel like the CEO who sees themselves a little bit in you and is kind of inspired by the idea of simplifying and really doing things (laughs) with a little bit of um, realism, I guess I want to say. I feel like this has been a very realistic chat today. What's something you want to share with them as we wrap up? It's a great, it's a great question. I, I think, look, like one of the biggest things that has helped me, and I'll keep it on the team, on the team side, is I used to think that I had to show them or put on this face that I got it all figured out, that things are just fine over here. When, you know, I call it the iceberg metaphor. It's like, we see all these businesses and hear people talk about it, about like how amazing it is. It's kind of like what you see on the Instagram feed, right? Did I call it the Instagram feed on Instagram? And what you don't see going, what's going on below the, below the water, you know, the surface of the water, like there's a whole lot of stuff that, you know, is not going super well. Um, it's real. Like we as CEOs, like we don't know, we don't have it all figured out. And so I thought for so many years that I had to be that sort of pillar of, you know, I got it all figured out and I, and I, and I struggle, this is a whole other topic, but I struggle with anxiety. Um, like with worrying with, and in the later years, more depression and stuff like that later years, mean the past few years where when I used to get super anxious about the business and anxiety and worrying and all that stuff, like I felt like I couldn't show that to my team because I, I equated it. My mind is like, I'm not being a good leader. If I'm showing that side of me, well, that was a big switch, if you will, that, when I did get vulnerable and authentic with my team, they actually like it changed the dynamic of of the business because they I let them in basically, and it just completely just sort of reestablished, if you will, our relationships, and it told them that it was okay for them to do the same thing with me. Because, you know, a lot of those conversations don't happen, like the real stuff, like we're human beings, right? And it, we're not, no one's robots. And so I think that was a big thing where I allowed myself to be vulnerable. I allowed myself to be authentic with the team. And then that just opened up a whole new dynamic. And, you know, not only do we have more fun, but it's just a, it's creating a whole different culture um, that I frankly enjoy. And so does the team. I love that. It's, it's, it's almost like a, not a breath of fresh air. That's not the right phrase that I'm trying to put my finger on here, but it, it breathes new life into any relationship when you can kind of cross that boundary of vulnerability and then find your way to, to still wrestle with the relationships and the dynamics once that's been crossed. Cause we see it in our personal lives too. It's like that yeah. first time, that first, I'm not saying you cried with your team, but like that first time you have a good cry with that friend. And then all of a sudden, like, you're like, Oh, like this is my person now. It just reminded yeah. me of that. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it's, it reminds them that, Oh, you're human too. Mm-hmm. And that again, you don't have it all figured out. And it also makes you way more relatable, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think that was a huge turning point for the team as like, as another iteration of the business growing up, if you will, where 
like my team knows, like I'm very, I'm very straightforward. I'm very uh, open, authentic, and I'll not afraid to show it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I am really, really excited. I have been ever since I met you just for this new phase of your business, of your journey as a CEO. It's incredible to watch. Like we are all rooting for you and for your team as a whole. And but- I listen, to, I listen to you. I listen to this show myself to learn from <laughs> you. I'm always learning from you. So much credit ever since that we, you and I got connected last year, like much credit to you for all the stuff that I've learned as a result of not only having you on my show, having you talk to our accelerator program and let me listen to your podcasts, like you're a major source of the growth of, um, you know, me as a CEO and in, you know, all the, the team stuff that we do. So thank you. Well, th- thank you. Come on now. Now, you know, I'm expecting. So like, don't get me going <laughs> to the waterworks or nothing right now. <laughs> But I appreciate it. It was such an honor to have you here on the show with us. We need to do this for some time. So for those who had just been like, yes, I need to stay connected with Rick. I need to know how to get in touch, where to find him on his little corner of the internet. Can you give everybody the spiel? Yeah, totally. I mean, the podcast is a great place to start, right? Um, Like we talked about almost 600 episodes. I hear from people all the time. They're like, yeah, I went on a road trip and started binging. I'm like, wait, you listen to that many episodes? Holy cow. Uh, it's the art of online business. We're on all the podcasting platforms. Uh, rickmulready.com is my website. Um, and Instagram, you want to shoot me a DM there at Rick Mulready. I love having conversations there. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very accessible. So I love to, love to chat with people. Well, thank you so much. We thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you today. Yeah, thanks, Tiana.